Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for this episode of Autism Goes to College, the podcast for students on the spectrum and everyone who supports us. Navigating college is always a challenge, so here are the hacks, insights, and great ideas you've been looking for to make college work for you. We're a group of self-advocates, we all graduated, or we're almost there, and you can do this too. Hello, thanks for listening to our brand new broadcast, Autism Goes to College. I'm Jonathan Martin, one of the five students featured in the documentary film, Autism Goes to College. In the movie, I'm the one who was an animator and went to Cal State Long Beach. The movie was released a little over a year ago, and because of COVID-19, many of the screenings have been online. Now, we're starting this podcast to open up the conversation, give more insights and hear from you, and give some updates about us. I'm here with Eric Linthorst, the director of the film. Hey there, good to be with you, Jonathan. Welcome, everyone. Now, Eric will give some details later on in the podcast about where to see the film and more about this season of the podcast. So for those of you who are brand new to the Autism Goes to College project, uh, let me bring you up to speed real quickly. Uh, The film follows five students on the autism spectrum as they take us into their dorm rooms and classrooms to find out how it's going for them at college. We premiered the film at the Newport Beach Film Festival and screened it at the 2020 South by Southwest EDU Festival and Conference, which was virtual this year due to the pandemic. And since then, we've had Facebook live stream events and colleges and universities have hosted virtual screenings. And now also the film's available on Vimeo. You can find a link to it on our website, which is autismgoestocollege.org. And this podcast will be both a continuation of that story, but also a new, fresh resource for those seeking information on how to navigate the various challenges of college, from being away from home for the first time, dealing with professors, roommates, dating, jobs, and most importantly, how to get help. Future episodes will be co-hosted by the other students, Jasmine, Aniela, Caroline, and Guillermo, And as for me, this subject is personal. I have a high school junior who's starting to look at college and who will need a place with some extra supports as well. So I'm here as a parent myself to explore these things with all of you. So with that, I'm going to stop talking and let Jonathan have a chance to share with us some of his insights. Jonathan, you have graduated from Cal State Long Beach pretty recently with a degree in animation and studio art, I believe. But you started at community college and then transferred, lived in the dorms, did all of that. So let's go back to where you were in high school trying to figure out your plan. Like, did you always know you wanted to go to college? Or if not, how did you arrive at your decision to give college a try? The reason why I decided to start at a junior college, because I was feeling a bit scared at the moment, because if I dipped my toes too deep into the main big colleges like the Cal States or the UCs, I wouldn't be able to survive. I wanted to go someplace a bit more local, close to family that I could reasonably travel to and from each day of my usual work. So I decided to pick Park College. You see, it was the closest junior college that I could feel I could reasonably start out learning my education for general education, like a sort of a little step up from high school, the familiar feel of high school, but also have the sense of being college at level education. That way I could understand the type of college level education and eventually 
He earned enough degrees and credits to eventually transfer to college once I was ready, once I completed the general education. Well, that's super interesting, and and I think uh, I think it uh, proved to be a wise choice to start at junior college. I know some of the other students also made that choice. When you were deciding to transfer to a four-year college, how did you decide where to transfer? Well, to that, I can pretty much thank my stepfather. He told me sometimes when I was attending War Park College that when the time came for me to transfer, the best place to be would be his alma mater of California State University, Long Beach, where he had studied for at least four to eight years before graduating. And I decided that since that place had an animation college compared to Fullerton, the reason I initially picked Fullerton was because it was close to Disneyland. But then I realized that it shouldn't be more than just travel between a destination for just fun, just to waste time. I needed to go to a college that could legitimately give me all the education I needed for studio art and animation so that I could have enough credentials to eventually gain a job in the animation film industry. The reason why I decided to go to Cal State Long Beach was because not only it was close to Disneyland, but it could also be at Universal Studios. The distance between the two is that I could go to someplace fun in between on my days off during the weekends and have a bit of time to freshen up my head in between working on my assignments for the classes at Cal State Long Beach, as it were. Got it, got it. So so interesting. So you you started out at junior college, that went well enough, um, got you kind of acquainted to the process of, of taking college classes. You transferred to Cal State Long Beach. Um, you arrive there, and you know um, a lot of students who arrive at college uh, are reluctant to disclose if they have a disability, both to their peers and also to their professors. Uh, some of the professors we talked about um, in the film said for them it would be helpful to know if someone in their class has a disability that might impact the class. How did you manage this? And if you disclosed, how did you decide when to do so with your professors? I did so right at the beginning so that they would immediately know what my deal was if I happened to do any sort of weird, quirky thing in college that I couldn't necessarily control. And how did that go for you? Like, did you find the professors were super easygoing about it? Were some of them more difficult? Or what was your experience? Well, the professors were pretty much accepting of it, though they did told me to keep those tendencies under control, and I mostly did for the most part. And, and when you say tendencies, what, what are we talking about? Like, what kinds of things was, was happening in class? I don't know, like, sometimes scripting myself quietly and occasionally getting up, up to walk around in my seat during a work session when I had done my work and I needed to get my head around just to walk around for a bit of fresh air, you know. But I made sure to return to my seat quietly and carefully so no one would necessarily notice. And I, I, I imagine that you were doing these things as a way to kind of keep yourself focused and kind of manage your own um, attention span and things. You said you were able to manage it. What did you do? Did you learn some techniques or what did you do to, to keep that in control? 
I mostly told myself to not do it during class, and then to keep it under control, keep focused at my work, and to keep focused at the professors, his lectures. Interesting. Okay. Well, it seems like it worked.、Um, and I'm just wondering, just on a sort of very practical level,、um, you know, how like do you have any academic advice for for other students that that might be in your shoes, starting out college, like? Little things like how many classes to take in a semester. I know、uh, you were working、uh, part time as well, especially towards the end of your college time, and and taking a full class load.、Uh, did it ever feel like too much? Like what? How would you advise a, a somebody in your shoes? I suggest go for it. Push forward when your knowledge. Usually, I took about three to five classes per semester. Just to get a full understanding of of all the various subjects you can learn at a s- semester at a time, but I also did this mostly so I could keep up earning federal aid money. And I mean, I'm I'm just surprised because I, you know, I I went to college. I had a part time job. I I couldn't have taken five classes. I mean, I took three. It took me five years to graduate. I have to imagine there were times when you know you were stressed or overwhelmed. I just、uh, can you share with us a little bit of how you managed all that you had to manage being so far away from home and and dealing with all that you were dealing with at college. Oh, for that. I made sure to lay down all the work I had to do a week, and made plans on what work I was going to do per week, when to set time for fun, when for work, what for what class, one for another, and what type of work I need to do during my business hours at a part-time job、uh, as a telephone operator. Sometimes, in my job as a telephone operator, I took. Oh, some spare time in between to actually work on my assignments for the classes, multitasking as it were, to make sure that I didn't accidentally miss out out on any assignment. Well, it's it's impressive, Jonathan. I I know I visited you at your work on campus and and in your class, and and it just seemed like、uh, like you handled it all very very well. I'm curious, you you lived on campus, you lived in the dorms, I think, the whole time. Um, I know in the film you talked about having a few roommates、um, at various times. Some you know, moved in and moved out. So at times you were living alone. Times you had a roommate. Can you talk a little bit about the challenges of having a roommate for the first time when you get to college?、Uh, what what parts did you like about that? What was hard? And how did you handle just having change in your living situation as you went through college? Well. Each roommate was a different experience. One roommate particularly didn't care for me and was more interested in what he wanted to do on this computer. The others were more accepting and more friendly, but they possibly had their own own things to deal with. And eventually, one of the students had to leave the dorm room, leaving me all by myself because he claimed it was to live in a different dorm room that. Had functioned more to his needs rather than mine. He said it wasn't me; it's him. But the final roommate managed to stay with me for the remainder of the semesters we dormed together, and we were able to get along for the most part. Did you disclose to any of your roommates that you had autism, or was how did that was that a factor in any of them, or was that kind of not a not a big deal? 
I think I told the latter two that I was autistic. Again, they were kind of accepting of it. But I think maybe the reason why the second person moved out was because he didn't want to deal with my autistic tendencies. But the third one, and possibly he had his own things to worry about, so he took it in stride. Okay, so I know that you got some support services at Cal State Long Beach. I know initially, as I understand it, you didn't reach out to the Disability Student Services Office to access support. So what prompted your first contact with the DSS office at school? Well, it was mostly just suggestions from my parents. I mean, I had gotten access support when I was at Moorpark College in order to take advantage of the services in order to get more classes beforehand and to have have consor counseling on whether I was taking the right classes that would work for me in transferring to Long Beach, as well as the other stuff concerning how I would best behave in each of the classes, that kind of stuff. So at first at DSS, So basically they said I should transfer to DSS so that I could have similar services for Cal State Long Beach if I was taking the right classes that would function well for completing my degree in studio art, bachelor's, as well as behavioral tendencies. Okay, so, so so what kinds of services did you get through the DSS office at Cal State Long Beach? Mostly just counseling on my behavior, how I would manage my money, and basically what you saw in the film. Um, So yeah, I want to talk a little bit about what we saw in the film. Um, um, One of the programs that you were involved with at Cal State Long Beach was something called the Life Project. Um, For those listening, the Life Project is a uh, workshop-based lunch group for students on the spectrum run by the Disabled Student Services at Cal State Long Beach, uh, Life Project students also have the option of getting a peer mentor, typically an undergraduate student whom they meet with weekly to work on goals and whatever might come up in a student's life. So how did you get involved with the Life Project program? And tell us a little bit about it. Did you make friends there? And like, in what ways did you find it supportive? Well, I didn't necessarily make friends with the other DSS group members. I was always a bit shy and withdrawn, seeing them as a I don't know, a bit too much even for me. And, well, I got into Life Project because, as I learned about it from DSS and thought, it might be a good thing to spend my Fridays on for how to learn the adult way of living and through counseling in the program. And when you say the other students were a little too much for you, what do you mean? I mean, they were a little bit more autistic than I am. Um, I tried to keep my a more normal levels, but the others seemed a bit, I don't know, want to say is dorky or even more socially awkward than I was. Interesting. Okay, well, so so you mentioned the film and, and your work with, with your peer mentor, Eileen. So let's listen to a short scene from the film where you're talking with her about managing your money. After I paid off my bill, well, the first of this month, I was reduced down to about $80, I think. Okay. 84 Did you ever end up kind of writing it down like we talked about? Mm, no, not really. But at the okay. very Jonathan was one that came to me through a referral. Um, 
he had had a financial struggle or something and he was in the hallway of one of the buildings just kind of berating himself and it really concerned a professor so he uh reached out and i jonathan i understand you're working now can you tell us about your job how it's going how you're managing your money now that you're out of school well to that i'd say i manage my money based on each paycheck i earn i check up what bills i have to pay each month and keep a close eye on my chase bank account in order to keep an eye on how much money I can, how much money I'm willing to spend, and how much I have to pay in return for each bill of the month, mostly my room and board lodgings and for my student loan payments. It's a check-by-check process. So can you tell us about your job? Where are you working and how much are you working? Well, I'm, I'm currently working at Popeyes as a sandwich prep maker. I basically prepare the chicken sandwiches and sometimes, as of recently, the new fish sandwiches. They're Cajun flounder, as it were. And I work about 15 to 25 hours per week, depending on how many hours Melissa, my manager, awards me week by week. And how many days I work. I usually earn about 13 to 14 hours per week. And and do you like your job? It's serviceable. I like it well enough. It's a comforting starter job. But I know that eventually I'll have to move on to bigger, more career-pushing jobs, as it were. Well, so, and I want to talk about that. So you're, you, sounds like you've got a job, part-time job, you're saving some money, um, and you've got some bills to pay and things, but I know that your larger goal is to be an animator, yeah, at an animation company. So how's, how are you, how's that going? What are you doing to try to segue to that? Well, um, recently I got a job offer to work as a film production assistant at a TV series that's being filmed at Universal Studios. I'm currently negotiating to possibly apply for said job. Um, so I'm thinking that at the end of the temporary position and from the filming schedule from March to May, I might learn how other people on the animation and film business, how they, they work around, the career, culture, and the like. Any tips that I might learn and at the end of it all, And then I might take that with me and put it in my resume so that when I start applying for future animation jobs, I might get a bigger lead into the animation business. Have you done any interviews or or, um, applied for any jobs in animation? I've applied for occasionally the the production assistant internships at Disney and sometimes Universal and DreamWorks. But I haven't heard back from them, and sometimes I get rejected. But I keep trying year per year in order to, as I improve upon my skills and add more of my animation tests that I'm recovering from the past. Okay, well, um, good luck with that. And um, I understand also that right now you are trying to get your driver's license. Is that true? True, yes. Learning to drive is... A bit stressful trying to keep my eye on the road, keep my wits about me. But when I get into the swing of things, 
It's actually quite fun. Here are my tips of a good way to drive. Just keep my eye focused on the road. No speaking, being unless necessary, and and keeping an eye on all the roads around me, like the left, the right, and the mirrors, the blind spots, and all the machinery in the cars. Just keep focused on where you need to go, but remember all the tips that you learned in driving school. Well, okay. So this topic is super relevant to me.、Uh, my seventeen-year-old just got his permit,、uh, and I know the the first time you went to go take your test for the permit, you got a little overwhelmed. Your mom said, and you decided to wait until you were a little bit older. Can you talk about the decision to put off getting your license, and what prompted you to decide that now's the time? Well, the fact of the matter is that I wasn't getting any younger, and I realized that if I wanted to spread my wings and fly to live by myself. I needed a driver's license so that I could drive a car to drive me wherever I needed to go, wherever I needed to live at at the moment. So I decided that, well, now is the perfect time for me to do my driver's license practice.、Hey, who's teaching you how to drive? Well, sometimes it's my mother, and sometimes it's a driving instructor named Noel Jackson. He's a nice guy.、Um, Formal, as it were. All of these inspectors would fail if you didn't check your blind spot right, especially here because you're moving from a drive lane across a parking lane into a different lane altogether. Get out there. You say a prayer and you make your turn, and here we go. Just like that. That was good. Turns are much better. Thank you. I've been practicing with my mom. There's still no freeway with her, huh? Did no. You, did you tell her we、uh, did a lot of freeway? Yeah, she has, but she doesn't trust me with me driving her on the freeway. We usually just take the roads in order to get. Okay, so and and tell me a little bit about your current living situation. Where are you living? I'm currently living in a little miniature guest room, that's separated from the main house of my parents' home. I'm living there as a sort of way to prepare for how to live by myself when I finally move out of the major main house campus area of where my parents are at Bear Creek. Okay, and、uh, you're working and you're living there, and I know you know so COVID is going on, so everybody's sort of stuck at home. Are you? How are you managing the pandemic? How how has that been for you? I'm managing it very well. I take advantage of my days off in order to work on my animation progress and various exercises, doing all sorts of odd things around the house to keep myself busy, as well as occasionally applying for jobs and sometimes. I'm doing other stuff to further my future or life path. And are you able to have any kind of a social life given your busy schedule and the whole pandemic? Of course, I sometimes every Tuesday at around six thirty, I take Zoom video message classes of Temecula Toastmasters. They basically teach me how to speak speeches in front of a live audience, and so far it's been going well. And was that your idea? You just decided you wanted to do that. It was a suggestion from Mike, since he used to take Toastmasters. 
but I eventually took the initiative based on his suggestion to do it. I had started going there in about September or October of the 2019 year. It was only during 2020 that they switched to Zoom classes because of COVID. What's the best thing you've learned there? Relax, it's only Toastmasters. Don't they, don't they tell you to st- start with a joke or something, an icebreaker? Yeah, they do. So have you, uh, you got any good ones, any icebreakers you can share with us? Not at the moment, no. That's okay, I thought I'd try. When you were at Long Beach, um, I went with you one time on a little excursion down to downtown Long Beach, and you, um, you were going to attend a, I believe it was some kind of a club, um, maybe, um, I don't know, an, a comic book club or something. Do you remember that? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe it was a comic book store or a little miniature mall somewhere. I don't remember at the moment. Yeah, it was a it was a it was a group that was meeting at a coffee house. It was some some group of uh, animation fans or comic book fans or something. Anyway, my question is just: um, Are you involved in any clubs or groups like that since you've left college, or is that kind of a college thing only? I think that was mostly of a college thing. I'm mostly working at Temecula Toastmasters. That's my main social group at the moment. So, Jonathan Martin, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me around here. I want to encourage everybody to uh, head over to autismgoestocollege.org for all the latest, greatest information on what's happening with the film, where you can see it, how you can rent it, how you can be a host of a screening. Um, we did have a a, a nationwide uh, campus screening tour happening when COVID happened. So we had to go virtual, but as soon as we can return to some level of normalcy, we hope to have, uh, screenings re- return. So if you know of a high school or a college or a university or an organization that might make a good host, we'd love to have new hosts sign up. So you can do that on our website and, um, and look for new episodes of this podcast with other co-hosts from the film Uh, on an ongoing basis. So check back with us regularly for that. And you can uh, subscribe to get notifications whenever there's a new episode. Hey, thanks for listening to Autism Goes to College. We'd love to hear from you about what you'd like to hear more about. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Autism Goes to College. Hit us up with your thoughts. Tell us what's going on on your campus and in your college life. To see the documentary film or set up a screening, check out our website at autismgoestocollege.org.